the science show on RN, where we really need to unscramble that egg I cracked this morning. Professor Colin Raston of Flinders University in Adelaide showed how to do it with a boiled egg and won an ignoble prize for his brilliance. But you see, it's not just a trick. It's a way to manipulate molecules in the Earth's gravity. A real breakthrough in material science, he says. Uh, true story. Ten-year-old gets up in class in England and says to the teacher, you just said that you can't unboil an egg. It's an energy thing. Well, if you have a vortex fluidic device, you can actually reverse it. It's not an irreversible project. Check out the internet. Teacher goes on the internet. Okay, yes, this is a reversible process. Ten-year-old says, well, yeah, it's my Australian granddad. <laughs> so he was talking about you and the teacher wasn't cross? <laughs> no, not at all. The teacher actually learned something. Yes, you can unboil an egg, at least partially unboil an egg. That's the egg white. When you cook an egg, you have proteins there. As you take the temperature up, they're not stable because of the charge, and so they all stick together. So if you can figure out a way of putting energy back in to separate them and twist this bit of spaghetti into the correct shape, you've partially unboiled an egg. And how does the vortex work? The vortex is a device with a tube that's rapidly rotating. The liquid in there has mechanical energy induced into it because it's not vertically rotating, it's actually tilted at an angle, and for all the research we've done, hundreds of thousands of experiments, the optimum angle comes in at 45 degrees tilt. So the liquid is moving up, thrown up the tube, and it's being pulled down by gravity. So there's all this motion in the liquid, this mechanical energy which you can harness to refold these proteins, put that bit of spaghetti into its correct shape as well as a lot of other things you can use it to redefine how you control organic chemistry, for example, in making small molecules for drugs, where you minimise the waste stream, you minimise the energy consumption. Uh, this is very important in terms of sustainability. You effectively are doing chemistry using mechanical energy rather than adding a chemical reagent to control. And lots of other applications, for example, getting DNA out of extinct species, rapidly amplifying testing, biomarkers for COVID, and the story goes on. What was the eureka process that made you think of that? And OK, eventually after, well, it's 100,000 experiments, <laughs> I find it was a, an angle of 45 degrees. But how did it start? I was sitting on an aeroplane coming back from a conference in the United States. This was 2011 and thinking of ways of actually controlling processing under continuous flow where you're not generating the waste and you minimize energy. And I thought, well, maybe if you have a rotating tube and the liquid's rapidly moving, and if you tilt the tube, you'll put a lot more mechanical energy into it. So I drew up the plans on the plane and they went to the workshop at the university I was in and they built the first prototype and the very first thing we did with that, which is a publication in 2012, if you put graphite into a liquid in this tube, you make graphene. So graphene is a single layer of graphite, one of the allotropes of carbon. So that tells you there's mechanical energy there that's slipping off one layer at a time of this two-dimensional material. Two blokes got the Nobel Prize for finding that out using sellotape. 
That's right. So if you put the sellotape down, you can peel off one layer at a time, but this allows you to make quantities of it in solution so it's processable, so therefore you can start thinking about the applications of that 2D material. Were you disappointed to get the Ig Nobel Prize and not the Nobel Prize itself? Oh, the Ig Nobel Prize is fun. It's, it's the highlight of my career going to Harvard for the award and then going to MIT two days later to give a public lecture on that. It, it just captured the imagination of the community that you can actually do that with the egg white. And the significance of this is quite astonishing. The reason we looked at that wasn't about boiling the egg. It was about coming up with a clean, green, sustainable way of folding proteins. Proteins are processed by the pharmaceutical industry. They generate a lot of waste. They consume a lot of energy. And the processing time takes days. What we discovered is that in the Vortex Fluidic device, you can reduce the waste stream by a factor of 10, dramatically reduce the energy consumption, and it only takes a couple of minutes instead of a couple of days. And has it been applied industrially? Industrially, the Vortex Fluidic device, there's a company in the States that's looking at biochemistry, in particular accelerating enzymatic reactions. This is something else you can do in the VFT. We now understand how the fluid flows in the VFD. That's the key to a lot more applications. And understanding that, you can then study other processes, in particular accelerating enzymatic reactions. Well, this is important for the pharmaceutical industry as well. Making small molecules using enzymes, the reactions are invariably slow. We dramatically increase the rate of the enzymatic reaction up to about 20-fold, and that is significance in terms of making viable quantities using enzymatic processing. And enzymatic processing is a key to drugs of the future in terms of sustainable development. I must say, since uh, publishing your results, and indeed since the Nobel Prize, there's a few years, and just shows you how, to some extent, applications, science is a slow process development. Why does it take so long? I think in this case, people say it's disruptive technology. I don't like that term. It implies it's something sinister. It's technology that's got a lot of applicability. It's a departure from traditional processing that industry would use where we call that batch processing, where you make something in a big container and then you pipe it around and you do something else with it. This is technology which is about the size of a coffee cup and it's continuous flow processing. So liquids come in, you do the processing, liquids come out. So it's got a small footprint, which is attractive to industry. It's certainly much cheaper than building complex processing facilities. So it's got the features that are attractive to industry. Getting industry on board is now happening on a regular basis. We have a number of companies involved directly in our research. One of them is making biodiesel, as a continuous flow process. Another one is making cosmetics, and that includes also nutraceuticals. And the other one is biomass processing, marine biomass waste for getting polyphenols for medical applications. But what this technology offers, it's all about sustainable development. And it's the sort of thing that industry is looking for, because it doesn't want to have to deal with the waste 
if you can reduce the energy consumption, it's cost effective. So if you develop new technologies which are benign by design, then you don't have to fight the legislation to stay in business. You're actually ahead of the law. So companies that are progressive and say, okay, let's go down that green chemistry pathway and invest in new technology. Well, this is what the Vortex Fluidic device uh, does offer. Colin Raston is Professor of Chemistry at Flinders University in Adelaide, and he features at large in the current edition of Cosmos, one of our very few science magazines. He's a former president of the Australian Chemical Institute.